Welcome to the Sticky Notes Podcast, a podcast that treats every subject like a good book. Well, my aim to do with this podcast is take a subject and highlight ideas. Take notes for the listeners to take away. Like a sticky note, it doesn't have all the information, but we use them to summarize and articulate ideas, remind ourselves of key details, and to get some great quotes. All the voices on this podcast belong to humans. Humans who can be opinionated, bias, and dare I say, wrong. But we try our best. Today I attempt to tackle a monumental topic, one that's dominated by social media, the news, and millennials' wallets. That is, of course, video games. Today on the podcast, to help me explain or tackle this, is a man who's gotten, I I kid you not, he's gotten an achievement for spending 1,000 hours on a video game called Tabletop Simulator. He has so many video games, he's giving them away. He's also one of my smartest and best friends. So let's jump into it with Troy and Mai's conversation on video games. Troy, thanks for being with me on the Sticky Notes podcast, the first, the inaugural episode. You're also my first guest, so congratulations. Thank you. Um, so again, today we're going to be talking about video games and the different uh, kind of implications in, ab- about them with all of this. So uh, we're just going to ask some questions back and forth, kind of spit some stories. Um, if that sounds good. Good then... stuff from our youth. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, then question one would be, uh, what was your first or best memory of a video game that you have personally? Oh man, there are so many things. Um, I'm, there's probably going to be lots of things I'm going to get into later on. That's going to talk about why, uh, these good memories are like the way they are, but I really, really appreciated having just a lot of community with a lot of my friends playing stuff like X-Men Legends or Smash Brothers or, you know, Mario Kart or Mario Tennis, uh, Tetris with friends even, or uh, in in the case of with you playing Pac-Man World and doing some (laughs) crazy bets, Um, or the countless times that I've had stories about people asking me, hey, uh, what what button uh, does, does this do, or does this action to which, you know, of course the Xbox's controller has yes, the Y button yes. and then people will go, well, of course, cause I want to know, like, don't, don't just ask me why. Yeah, um, no, I, I remember that. That was actually between you and I, uh, it was NHL 2003 and, uh, I wanted to know how to body check people and you're like, why? And then, uh, we went down that rabbit hole a couple of times and then you're like, no, it's why. And, and you got me. So that's hilarious. I remember that too. Yeah, yeah, I've done it with a bunch of other people. I think I did it with you once before when we were playing Amped, uh, that snowboarding game. And you're like, "How do you how do you grab in the air?" And I said, "Why?" And you're like, "Cause I want to know." <laughs> I had to walk over and like point to the button. I mean, you definitely could have been clear. I'm sure that you were goofing on me as well. Oh, but uh, no, I, I it's I, one of my favorite memories. Yeah, I remember. I agree though that like. Uh, a big part of the memories that I have around video games, especially from when I was younger, revolve around um, basically when I was with other people, 
right? And um, like like I have written down NBA Jam. I remember playing that all the time when we when I would go to your place. That and like Looney you Tunes and me, basketball. The Bulls yeah, every you time. Yeah, exactly. And then when, when we had to play against each other, you would always pick the Bulls, and I would never get. Yeah, it was them. my game. Yeah, well, I know it was your game, but uh, I remember that that clearly. Um, I mean, obviously, I had a PlayStation One, so I played like a lot of Spyro and a lot of Crash Bandicoot. So like, I I remember those games. Like, I just played the heck out of them when I was younger. Uh, one funny goofy memory that I put down was I remember that one Easter, my parents got me Shrek Treasure Hunt for Easter. It was like probably like a ten buck game. I don't remember, but um. I remember playing it on Easter and it was just like, it was a horrible game. And maybe it was, maybe I just didn't get it, but uh, I did not find it fun. Um, but it reinforced how much my parents loved me and all that. So like, it's a good memory in that sense. But I just remember it was such a random, cause it was like years after Shrek came out. Um, and so it was, yeah, it's just, just a weird gift to open up on Easter. One of my favorite uh, or earliest memories was when I ended up getting a video game system. I was given both a Nintendo and a Super Nintendo at the same time. And the amount of hours that I would spend on Super Mario World trying to get good at it and playing get the good. first level and getting too chicken to go past, you know, the first four or five levels uh, just makes me laugh looking back on it where I've, uh, you know, since played enough to beat the game as fast as i could which i think took me about 20 minutes um very fast i wouldn't recommend doing it that fast have some fun play fat or play slower than that yeah did you do like the skip world where you went to like the star world or whatever yeah yeah i, I wanted to see if it was possible to do a speed run of a game that i was fairly good at and so i thought okay it's one of the one of the games that i've played for the longest um, mm-hmm. I think the world record is something like eight minutes right now. So the fact that I got 20, I said, wow. all right, that's it. I'm retiring. I got less than 20 minutes. Like I have, I have hit my peak. Yeah. I am, I'm retiring from the speedrunning community. Good game. Thank you guys. All <laughs> for my award in the mail. Yeah. And well, the thing is there's a lot of different types of, um, of games, right? Uh, there's strategic games, there's like sports games and stuff like that. And so it's just kind of interesting, like to ask people what types of games they like because it means a lot of different things to a lot of different people for me personally i like sports games so like my friends are always joking about how um i always get the the new dlc every year for nba 2k because it's not a new game it's just it's just the enhanced graphics pack yeah even then it's not that much enhanced but i love yeah i love sports games tactical games uh, like even you got me on Fire Emblem. I love that. Any game where I can just do it over and over again, the same thing, but just to like either get better or, you know, just see how good I can. That's the type of games that I personally like. Um, but right. what about what about Rocket you? Rocket League being one of your favorites. Yeah, right? Rocket League is definitely one of my favorites. Yeah, my favorite kind of games are narrative-driven games that largely interact with the characters and, and how they start to grow and become bigger. And so a lot of JRPGs fit this category. There's the Tales series. Tales of Berseria is one of my recent favorites. Um, but then also other games in the Western world, like the Stanley Parable and the Beginner's Guide uh, or Thomas yes. Was Alone. They're, they're all very short games, but they're all very impactful games where you remember them years later and you could sit down and play them in an afternoon. Uh, one of the more recent games that I I've been trying to work through and I keep stopping because of school is life is strange. And that's been a really enjoyable one because you have to sit down and think, are, are the consequences of my actions going to get me later? 
am I going mm. to rewind the game and and start from this point? Am I going to uh, try to be you know upstanding at the cost of my character's uh, you know like life, um, or am I going to forfeit my integrity to get ahead? There's a lot of really cool things that come with with deep thoughts in uh, in games like that. Yeah, absolutely. It it, it kind of reminds you how video games are this new form of like art that we're really like just now kind of starting to mine and see what type of things that we can do with them. Whereas like the game is more about the experience than it is about, you know, Oh, can you push X or Y at the right time to, to like beat this level, like frame by frame. It's more like, okay, what type of um, journey did it bring you on? Like, I remember like you, you put me onto the, the, the beginner's guide and that one I, I think is phenomenal. I still need to play the Stanley Parable. I, I want to play that. I haven't played that yet. Um, but the yeah. demo is just as fun and it's totally free. Uh, highly recommended that too. Which one? The the demo itself. So the, oh. the creators made a, a playable demo where uh, none of the content in the demo is in the game. And it's just a short 10 minute thing that's just super fun. Oh, cool. That is cool. I'll have to check that out. Um, so then... With this, you know, we see a lot of, you know, video games are constantly in the news and all of that, and everyone's trying to, to harpoon them and all that. But um, what would you say are some benefits of video games or, or positives? What what makes them not worthy of the witch hunt that society <laughs> wants to, to put them on? Yeah, yeah, uh, for sure. There's a lot of stuff about witch hunting and stuff, so so I agree. It's it's really hard to not have some desire to defend them. So there's always lists that you have in our in your mind. Um, one of the things that I talk about is that the game genre often determines the benefits of a game. So example, my, the narrative games I mentioned earlier are really helpful for painting beautiful pictures of really deep relationship, the power of consequences, the growth of individuals. So one example is The Last of Us, which is a phenomenally driven story game. It's largely about stuff like uh, uh, like an ap- post-apocalyptic wasteland. And I'm not a fan of those kind of games, but it was such a great narrative and pulled me in so well that I wanted to continue to explore it. And it was, it was a beautiful story and the development of the main two characters uh, coming together to, to start to understand each other it was was super amazing but then there's also games like tactical games and that those require a lot more forethought and planning out and you're you're sitting down and making calculations like what is my fire emblem team going to be composed of how am i going to run ops in uh in XCOM or games like final fantasy tactics which way is my character going to face so that i can you know maximize the good of my people and so having a small group of people to command largely determines uh, like like thoughtful, um, like not philosophical thoughts like in narrative, but more like calculations and strategies and, and things like that. Whereas a simulation game like The Sims or like Diner Dash helps you to understand the basics of other things, right? Like sometimes it's about balancing your work and school or your work life with your home life or being able to, um, you know, live a day in the life of a waitress um, and and many things like that. Yeah, no, I, I agree with what you're saying. I like the point where it's the depending on the game, it will bring different positives and benefits um one thing that i think that most games benefit from or that are is a benefit of most games is the relationships is the connections that you make you know i mean i i can think of how many conversations that i've had where it revolved around 
a video game of some sort, whether it's, you know, a sports game or uh, a fu- like a Fire Emblem or something like that, where you can really bring your, your, your friends into it. And, and sometimes, especially now with the, the internet, you can really make friends on video games. We did talk about... Um, obviously the benefits and, and I appreciate a lot of your points, you know, hand-eye coordination. There's a lot of cool and good things that come out of, uh, out of video games. Did you have anything else to say on that? Yeah. Um, so I think you're likely going to be looking towards the negatives in a second. So fortunately the two of mine kind of helped to transition that a little bit. Um, cooperative games, as you mentioned, is really big and beneficial. There's a reason that we have this thing, this term called gamer. And, and when people describe themselves as gamers, that's going to be one of the big things that kind of transitions the good and the bad together. So I'd love to talk about that as we transition towards that section, but it's also really cool to be able to, um, look at how friends can share couch co-op, or online co-op and and be able to play a sports game like you mentioned or you know just sit back and and you know just talk about life while you're farming in stardew valley community is huge it's not just with uh with friends also like there's there's a a lot of games where you end up meeting total strangers and there's a collective desire to do better and to go further um Dark Souls, for example, was uh, a game is a game series where the online functionality was not so much to uh, like there was lots of things that you could do to to mess with other people, but a lot of it was seeing how people ended up dying and then going, oh, I should not do that. And so by by having things like that, you would learn how to progress further in the game by seeing the trials that other people had to overcome. On top of that, we have. Uh, we have people like Twitch users and Twitch streamers and video or uh, YouTube streamers. And what they'll do is they'll play games live in front of communities and there will be deep friendships that are formed. Um, there's a couple people that I enjoy casually watching and they have people who are so into the community that they will be able to, um, like they, they get to check up with one another. They'll make sure that like the, the people that they care about uh, are being taken care of and they'll get to join in and have mutual laughs and jokes that they uh, just feel like they're a part of. It's a deep, it's a really cool, deep community, much like how uh, a lot of the time the church, as we hopefully will talk about later, wants to 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 develop. And I think that those are really cool things that help to bring the like bring gaming into the forefront of what is beneficial. It gives identity. It gives a sense of belonging. No, absolutely. And um, I think anything to the umpteenth degree, you can you can start twisting, right? So you can have the people who um, their identity is completely in, you know, how many hours they put into, you know, uh, any sort of game, you, you name it, right? League of Legends or whatever, Um and so I think that like it's funny because a lot of the things that that you're saying are are positives. You could almost look at and be like, yeah, but like this is how that's also a negative, right? And so um, transitioning the the conversation a little bit, then what what are maybe some cons of video games? Because I mean, we we talked about the witch hunt, and and you have games that are like the the postal series where they give video games a real bad. Uh, rap where they're you know these these ultra violent things and and everyone wants to shut them down and they're the reasons for all these atrocities but um, maybe not necessarily even focusing on that but uh, what are some more down to earth or, or normal kind of cons of video games you know not like oh, they're going to make you do 
crimes, but what are some of the other things that can maybe be harmful to an individual uh, because of that platform? Um, I think just a, a quick short list and we can talk about each of them is uh, there's addiction and then there's violence and anger. There's a lot of focus around wasting time and then toxicity in communities like uh, gamer elitism. Um, each of those things become really big, right? Uh, addictions, for example, it's one of the first things that consistently gets brought up in the media when people talk about the gaming community and gamers and the people who spend their lives, right? There are people who, again, partially because of their job, if they're Twitch streamers, but also just because people become uh, like absolutely fascinated and enraptured in what they're doing, that they don't spend time to to eat or to sleep or to exercise or to be with friends and family. And so, uh, you know, it, it gets to the point where there are people who actually, there, there are stories of people who have either died or have like fallen unconscious or have fainted because that they just keep playing games and they get ill. And so periodically when we hear the, you know, people like that dying and they've literally amused themselves to death, it causes this, this huge, uh, lashback on, on the dangers, uh, and problems of video games. Like we don't hear many, we don't have as many stories of people watching say 10 movies in a row and then <laughs> having, their their you know <laughs> their blood sugar uh imbalance because that they were they were sitting there chugging you know pop the whole time and and never moving and maybe we don't hear those those stories because the the idea around you know watching 10 movies in a row is is a little ludicrous but it's not something that we have been trained as a society to think is wrong right people come home and they watch netflix for a couple hours that's totally fine but if your kid's playing you know two three hours of, of Fortnite, well then you know the devil's got them you know so i think that um it might also partly be just the what we've as a society deemed is is not good uh, another thing that i would say is definitely a con of video games is uh is how much money they cost Hey, that's something that I hadn't even considered, but yes, right? Like modern games cost something like $80 for consoles. Yeah, no, absolutely. But even even if you think about it, like, I mean, how many stories have we heard about the the kid who steals their parents, you know, credit card to like buy a bunch of gems on uh, uh, Clash of Clans or whatever, right? Like, like it's, it's still a video game, right? And it's still the, the amount of money and the traps and like free to play, quote unquote, uh, games. Like you can spend thousands of dollars there was this one mobile game that i played for years called star wars galaxy of heroes and um it was like you could when there was a new character that would come out you could end up spending like 800 900 dollars just to get this character um because they were the new hotness you needed them they would help your you know arena team rank up and rank up and like there would be the quote quote unquote whales um now again if you have the money go ahead spend it but uh, i think for a lot of of young people you know you can spend a bunch of money on a game that you don't really have or could be going into something else and i think that that's definitely a negative yeah uh there's a story that was relatively recent uh i guess it probably was last summer but this this one kid ended up getting a hold of uh 
not necessarily the credit card, but the parents had the credit card on file for their system. And this kid really, really wanted, it was a FIFA game and he really wanted his favorite uh, soccer player. And so he ended up rolling and rolling and rolling the, uh, the DLC or the, uh, the, the treasure, whatever it's called the lottery until he got his character. And so his parents ended up getting a bill for like a couple thousand dollars. And fortunately Nintendo themselves, like it was not their problem. The 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 game is an EA game, and EA wouldn't refund the money. But Nintendo took uh, personal responsibility and refunded the parents uh, their money, and then said, "Here are some ways that you can hopefully avoid <laughs> this happening in the future." And we're really sorry that that happened. And so it was great. It was a great gesture on Nintendo. They didn't have to do anything, and it was unfortunate that uh, a company that uh, has that in their game wouldn't help the the parents with. Um, you know, working around keeping that te- from happening when, you know, one day someone spends $2,000 on a video game, um, it, it becomes kind of insane. Uh, and I mean, like that, that kind of stuff leads to one of the other points, right? People become violent and they become angry. Like it's, it's a controversial point, but this is another thing that constantly comes up in video game studies, right? Almost every time that they do it, it tends to be someone who has anger issues in the past that they've followed. And so it's so frequently linked to just like, oh, these, these people are playing Call of Duty games all the time. And so as a result, these, you know, Borderlands and, and all these first person shooter games, uh, are all just sending people people to the grave quicker because they're just desensitized to violence and all they want to do is kill and kill and kill yeah it's kind of they start in the in the wrong place right they they find the kid in in the school who is you know the aggressive one and they study his life and they're like oh it must be video games whereas you're not looking at all the other kids who are also playing video games well that's i mean that's a problem with those those type of tests that they're taking but um right but to be fair as well there there is a thing to be said about time wasting right so mm-hmm. we just talked about wasting money but wasting time hit has, happens as well um i don't know how many times just in my own life when uh, when i was still in elementary school and high school where i didn't care about my grades and so i would largely try to avoid playing or doing my homework by by playing games and so my my relationship was not always very healthy back then um there was you know, like there, there's passions and, and stuff that we just neglect and we don't do, uh, because of video games. And so if we're not careful, even now as people who are supposed to make sure that we do our homework on time, and I try my best to be good at, uh, at being a good student and being a good employee when I am employed, um, that we don't allow our pleasures and our leisures get ahead of something that is of more importance, like our families. No, absolutely. Um, and that's part of what I had even on uh, for the next question. Um, so if we want to just transition into that, uh, what are some of the... Can I can I talk about one more thing before we move on to the... Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, so one of, one of the big things that also gets a wrap, and this is more so a problem that gamers have with other gamers uh, a lot of the time, is the toxicity that's inside gaming communi- communities and the gamer elitism that I talked about earlier. There, I mean, like there are lots of really good things, and there for every good group you can find uh, a couple bad groups. So there will be people who, um, you know, they spend a couple hours on Minecraft creating like these elaborate systems, and then they'll tell everyone else that they're not as good. Or you know, on the other 
hand, there'll be people who say, oh, I can't believe that you waste your time playing on Minecraft when you could be playing something beneficial like Fortnite. Um, and then the people who win Fortnite games fairly frequently, as opposed to the people who can never get wins, like there, there's, there becomes a hierarchy and almost a, a problem in a lot of that. If people aren't careful, um, are you a console player? Yeah. PC, PC gamer, master right? race. Um, PC Master Race versus the console plebs, as they so often call it. Um, or are you a Nintendo gamer? And there's like there's a lot of pride in being a Nintendo gamer in that there's family-friendly content and good quality games that consistently get put out. Or are you like a Microsoft and, or, or Sony gamer where, you know, you play more mature and more refined video games? And a lot of the time, like a lot of the things that they say are true. It's like sport games i find tend to be more enjoyable on playstation systems um there there seems to be a like the controller just seems to fit well for that and then xbox tends to dominate a lot of the the shooting market and and that has changed a lot again with pc becoming one of the big focuses for stuff like that um but just consoles seem to have their own niches and then people tend to take those niches and turn them into wars the console wars as we've had so many years running yeah, and, and the the dividing of of groups and stuff. I think that's a that's a great point that how much toxicity there can be in um, your people versus my people, right? The the Xbox versus the you know GameCube, GameCube. Oh my goodness, uh, PlayStation. What am I? Two thousand two. Um, but yeah, so uh, no, I appreciate all that point. Um, but yeah, moving on to the implications for Christians. Uh, either good or negative. Um, what are what are some thoughts on there? I, I the the one point that I had written down um, is that you know the implications on time wasting and you know even spending money, right? That there there is this sense that as Christians we have a uh, a desire to be you know living with a purpose, right? That there, it, life isn't just about um, how many you know ranks we can go up in x y and z video game but that there is more to that and so i do find that um if someone is you know putting their whole entire life into a video game not that they're not a christian but that that there is a lot that you're missing out on that you could be you know even if you took one hour of those then and sprinkled that into other religious things um you probably would be better off for it. And so that was one implication uh, that I had for, for video games that are basically going against um, Christianity or, or is not going against it, but is, is opposed or, or the, the church, the Christian, the Christianity is going to have to kind of figure out how to work around that. Uh, What are your thoughts on this type of topic? Yeah, it, it's a, it's always a weird thing, right? Because a lot of the time when people say, oh, yes, video games are absolutely essential and really edifying to Christian circles, it often is a, as an overstatement, but it's often because that there's such a... Uh, a rebellion against how how gaming has ultimately done bad for the world that that it's hard so i'm not sure what to say here necessarily like do i consider movies to be beneficial to the church or do i consider you know pieces of art or sculptures um because i would i would say that that video games are media and so mm-hmm. if other media is beneficial then why can video games or why are video games the only system or the only venue that's not beneficial yeah. but in light of that, I always want to think about some of the, you know, the, the like, you know, how, how we spend our time. So I, I, I can't help but think of Ephesians five sixteen, which says, 
Um, well, just before that, saying, look carefully then to how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of your time because the days are evil. So therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And so thinking about a verse like that, you want to pay attention to um, how you're acting, what you're doing. So one of the things I mentioned earlier was having um, communities. And so that comes up a lot because that's one of the ways that you gather together. I know when I was still in my youth group back in my church, one of the ways that people were able to bond together was that the youth pastor ended up buying a copy of Rock Band, which is a fantastic rhythm game. And people would just jam out and have a good time where one person was singing, a couple people were playing guitars, and one person was playing a, a drum set. And it like there was a sense in which you guys accomplished something when you got through a game, even if it wasn't like the the most difficult thing in the world. It was something fun that you could gather together with. And a lot of a lot of uh like groups have have gathered together for just tournaments where you're you know just racing Mario Kart uh, cards or playing Super Smash Brothers again and just having having a good time and and giving chances for that to develop a community not because of the game but because of the people who want to play with each other that's a beneficial thing where you can sit down and you could gather together. I had um one uh one one thing that on on that I I agree and I had that in the. Uh, how can they be, be used effectively section. But um, one thing that that makes me think of is growing up, uh, I mean, you also went here, the, but the hub, right? The Basically a youth drop-in center that was basically completely centered around video games and a couple of table games and stuff like that. Um, yeah, pool, ping pong, and video games. Yeah, for sure. yeah, and, 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 and you know, deep fried food, but, um, they would get kids into the door from the community and all these kids would show up cause they either didn't have those video games or didn't have pool or whatever. They come to show and play these, these different, uh, systems and stuff. And, uh, and then every night they would have some sort of like, uh, a semblance of, of Christianity there. It, it was, there was a point to it that was used to, um, get, some semblance of the gospel out there uh to to kids or even if at most or at least i guess technically the the idea that there are good people in the church who are trying to give alternative good things for kids to do with their time right like there are um implications for christians is 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 essentially that we can use them as ministry tools um we just have to be thinking about it and 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 uh, smart about that. Yeah, I didn't even consider things like the hub, but in hindsight, a lot of of what the hub did with uh, with all the video game drop ins and stuff is that I had a sense of belonging in there, and I was the one receiving that as opposed to one giving it out. And eventually, I was able to help out on on some leadership teams, as I know you were, and both of us were able to help come alongside one another um, and show other people that we cared for them and we wanted to use uh, you know means of of video games to not just directly tell people hey we care for you because a lot of them wouldn't receive that well they would want to have uh someone say hey you want to go play uh i don't know star fox adventures uh and like i'll just i'll just see how you're obviously a, a better player than i or than i am and and they would they would have some level of pride in that yeah someone taking interest in in their life around a video game right it's like you know a lot of kids probably their parents are just like oh video games is something you do whatever they're not like intently like oh like 
tell me more about this, right? And, and, and a kid having an adult take interest in them because they're the best Star Fox adventures or whatever that video game was that you're talking about uh, player that they that they know that could be something that kids who don't have a lot of that attention really really do need and, and can open up a door for a, a lot of of the gospel um, so I guess yeah we'll just transition completely into how how can Christians use video games effectively in their in their their lives or in their circles um I think it would take a lot of of effort for some things like again like sitting down beside someone for for hours right it takes hundreds of hours of playing video games beside people before some people will open up i'm sure that you shared a lot of that with with many of the kids at the hub um but like when you were there alongside of them all the time they might casually make a comment about you know their parents or their their current situation in life and then you would realize that there's a lot of deep hurt that was built underneath them that they've hidden away and by playing games with them all the time they slowly would open up and expose it and and it was the same at the same time you were able to slowly expose the gospel in ways that wouldn't necessarily push someone who's you know a uh, a 15 year old who's never been exposed to church before away but oftentimes it would draw them in quite a lot because there would be this obvious sense from from the people around them that they were cared for and that they belonged here even if they didn't necessarily belong to the same community um uh, of god but then they would by seeing that they would see that there's something uniquely special about it. And they would often ask questions. It was really, really cool to see that happen. Um, I've had many good conversations, even with people who are Christians already. I don't know how many times uh, in college over the last year, I would just sit down and and play Super Smash Brothers with a bunch of the guys and it would just, it would develop strength uh, among, among the brothers, oftentimes specifically guys um, because the guy's dorm was where the video games were at this year. Um, but it, it was really good. And I really, really appreciated this, but something that I'm always worried about, it's, uh, I mean, it's how a lot of Christian media is portrayed. I don't necessarily want to see, um, people bringing video games and saying, oh, well, like we're gonna, we're gonna find a, a Christian version of like Crash Team Racing or something like that. It, it's, uh, I mean, we do it in, in so many other things, right? It's like if, uh, facing the giants it's kind of like um this other football movie but it's a christian football movie um oh remember the titans yeah it's like remember the titans is the uh is like the the secular version but we have facing the giants so you should watch that or just you know christianized artists right we have uh skillet and they're the christian version of well skillet uh (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't I don't know what else to say about that one but but keeping like we we want to be able to be the ones that are outstanding in our field. We want to be able to point to good directors, good video game concept dire- directors. We want to have good artists and good writers and we want to have them be the ones who push media forward and not just in a hokey way that we often see so so very quickly in so many medias. And so just like what we push for the other medias, don't have subpar movies don't have inadequate art we want to also say don't purposely neglect an area of life that can totally be infiltrated by the christian worldview and by people who want to just build up love for christ in an area that often is neglected by christians no absolutely um quickly back to your facing the giants if you want a christian football movie that's actually 
good. Um, <laughs> then uh, have you heard of Woodlawn? I have. I was trying to remember the name of that one. I kept trying to like Shylon. Shy, Shy, yeah, no. Wood, Woodlawn is is everything that Facing the Giants, I think, tries to be. Um, but I mean, that's that's I'm being a little bit biased, but that's uh, a, a little bit of a side. Okay, uh, on it's for on the our movie way, podcast. On our way out. Um, I have a, a fun question for you. So I'm going to give you four video game characters. Okay. Okay. And then I'm going to give you a couple of roles that you would have to be for them. And you tell me which of those video game characters for that role you would rather pick. <laughs> Does that make sense? Okay. Uh, I think so. We'll find out. Yeah. Yeah. So the, <laughs> the four characters are Crash Bandicoot from the Crash okay. Bandicoot series. There's okay. Mario from the Mario series. All right, Mario, Mario. Master Chief from Halo. All right. And Shrek from Shrek Treasure Hunt. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, so you have to live two weeks as one of these roles. Which one do you choose? So the first role is you have to be their sidekick. Their sidekick. Can I can I know all the categories first, or do I have to go one at okay, a time? Okay, I'll give you all the categories, and then you tell me uh, what, what you're thinking. So the there's their sidekick. There's their house cleaner. Uh, there's their chef, their doctor, like their like physical doctor, and then their psychiatrist. Oh boy, um, man, that's a hard one. Um, I feel like being Shrek's psychologist would be the worst idea in the world, and I love the idea of just listening to the ridiculous things that he would have to put up with. So I think I'd be his psychiatrist. Um, you said Crash Bandicoot, Mario... Uh, Master Chief from Halo. I feel like I would like to be Mario's cleaner, mostly because he's never home, and his shoes are probably the only thing that gets dirty. Um, I would be, I'd be terribly scared to have to clean Crash Bandicoot's house. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely terrified. Um, I wouldn't mind being Crash's sidekick. Um, I mean, like the sidekicks in his games were always super cool. I actually really enjoyed the the Coco levels or the polar. You get to be levels. a tiger, and he just jumps on your back. Yeah, the the polar bear, the tiger, uh, his sister, like all of the all the the sidekicks were really cool. So I wouldn't mind also being a sidekick alongside with them. I would never want to be Mario's sidekick. I love Luigi. That poor guy puts up with way too much. Um, and what does that leave me with? Uh, you have, have you done their, their chef personally for the chef? I think yeah. I would pick Mario cause I would love to, to fry up some, some mushrooms and some, uh, some, you know, aromatic flowers or whatever and make, make some, <laughs> some sort of a meal out of that. I feel like that I could really rock that. But, uh, what about you? I think that that having Master Chief as my last one for the chef is is a good one because I feel like there was there's appreciation that you could hear in Master Chief with the people who we worked alongside with and quite frankly soldiers seem to be really really content with whatever they eat so I would love to be able to have someone who genuinely deeply appreciates this as I genuinely appreciate that he has saved me from aliens <laughs> invading my planet yeah no you know more about Halo than I do I think is Master Chief is he a, a human or is he like a cyborg. He's he's a human. He is a human. Okay, cool. Yeah, in a, in a cyborg suit or whatever. I don't know what that is. I haven't played that deep. Fair enough. Okay. Well, then uh, in closing, uh, we'll, we'll basically ask what what is your favorite video game that you've ever played, and um, and then if you have any sort of closing remarks. Um, 
it's always really hard to choose a favorite. I mean, like right now I'm playing through Ace Attorney, which is such a funny game. Um, but I, if I had to choose a favorite at this moment, I'd probably say Tales of Berseria. It's uh, it, one of the big concepts that I bring up uh, in my philosophy classes and in my circles all the time are um, like the consequences of uh, do you save many for few or, or do you sacrifice few to save the many or does every life matter? And so I think that that's a really good question that they tackle in Tales of Berseria and large, leads to conversations uh, like the famous trolley problem or the famous uh, oh, Nazis at your door problem. That's a future um, podcast right there. <laughs> and uh, I think that, that the story in that is so brilliant because you start as characters who all had really tragic pasts and all just eventually admit to the fact that they're villains but as you play more into the game you realize that they're less like villains than they think they are and so it's really cool to to see almost a redemptive story in people who have just admitted to the fact that they are on the fringes of society and don't have things to contribute Hmm. I think it's it's funny hearing you talk about your favorite game of all time uh, because it like it goes back to the one of the first questions of what do you enjoy about video games because my favorite video game of all time is probably Rocket League. Uh, I knew it was coming. Be, because it, it's just the perfect example of a game where it's just, oh, just one more time. Just oh, it, just five more minutes because it's literally each match is five minutes and you're like, oh, I, I'll win the next one. Like It's just so the same thing over and over again. It's the complete antithesis to what you're talking about with this super narrative driven game and all that, which don't get me wrong. I enjoy, but um, I just think it's, it's, it's just funny how those don't line up at all. The gameplay is often fairly like simplistic and repetitive, right? A lot of final fantasy games are known for that too. I really enjoyed final fantasy 13 and people were constantly up in arms about how the game basically plays itself. Um, and, and people found out that was not necessarily true when all of a sudden they couldn't survive, but <laughs> like, it, but it's a really, it was a really good game. And there's a lot of stuff, even in that game where, you know, one of the main characters hates another main character so much that he has a chance to effectively let the guy like fall into his own death. Um, and, and just like the, the problems that go through the mind of, of every person in that scene, there's, there are some really, really good formative moments that made me think and has probably shaped me more as a person than I care to admit through deep questions that I've been asked on simple things that I just wanted to play. Yeah. Any sort of game can make you think a lot. Uh, I've had that that happen. And uh, well, Troy, I just wanted to thank you for, for coming on, on the podcast and, and talking and uh, being so incitive, incite, in insightful insightful there that's the word um i i do appreciate it and and making the the content so much better um again i do appreciate all of your time and uh, i guess we'll close it off here thanks it's uh it was a really fun time i'm really glad that you had me and i look forward to uh being able to talk with you on these things again absolutely and to all of you listening thank you and have a great week For those of you who are still listening, here's a fun little story that um, Troy actually reminded me of. He he said something in early on in the podcast where he mentioned a bet made over the game uh, 
Pac-Man world. And uh, I totally missed it when we were first recording. But I wanted to go back and kind of share that story because it's a funny one. And thought I'd share that with you guys. So uh, the story that Troy's referring to is one time when we were about 14 years old, Troy was at my place and we were trying to beat this one like Galactic Galaga level of uh, Pac-Man. And uh, we just couldn't. I, he couldn't. I couldn't. Neither of us could get past that. And we made this bet that the first person to complete that level would have basically the other person would have to run around in the backyard uh in their underwear and roll around in the snow and uh eventually troy actually beat the level first but uh, i'm pretty sure we both actually went out and ran around in the snow as uh we both thought it would be pretty funny so that was just a a fun little story from our our past for those of you who are still listening um and uh, again thank you so much for being here with us for this episode and uh, again i do hope you have a great week